Okay, welcome back to another episode of In Enemy Territory. Let's see what we've got here for you today. Today on the calendar, we are working off of December 2nd. On the calendar, there is a lot to unpack here, um, so it may go a bit all over the place. This is just unrehearsed. I've got some notes, and we're going to see where this leads us. Um, but the two big things of the day are, number one, uh, NHL history. On this day, um, Patrick Waugh demanded a trade after, notoriously, the Canadians left him in, and they lost 11-1, to and he lost his mind and said, I'm never playing for you again, and demanded a trade, and he was traded to Quebec, where he ended up winning the cup. Um, and on this day, the birthday of the great, the four-time MVP, Aaron Rodgers. So <clears throat> let's start off talking NFL. I think today we have a little bit of everything, some football, hockey, basketball, and baseball. So like I said, it's going to be a bit all over the place, but let's just get into it and see where it takes us. So let's talk about Aaron Rodgers, born 1983, December 2nd. Um, when I talk about Aaron Rodgers, I obviously think of Brett Favre and Bart Starr, his two predecessors. Uh, I believe the Packers are the only team with three different Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Could be wrong. I did not fact check, but I believe I am correct when I say that. Um, and on a Packers note, on this day in 1951, the Green Bay Packers retired. Hall of Fame wide receiver Don Hudson's jersey number, number 14, the first number that they retired in their illustrious history, although back in 1951 it wasn't so decorated. Um, fast forward to now, and obviously the Packers are one of the prestigious teams and franchises in the NFL. Uh, a little bit about Don Hudson. I had never really heard of him until... I started looking into December 2nd sports research and came across Don Hudson. Who is Don Hudson? First of all, great nickname. They called him the Alabama Antelope. I guess he went to Alabama or he was from Alabama. Antelope, I could only surmise he was a very fast player and he would gallop down the field very elegantly and outrun everyone. But... The one thing that really pops out the most is he was a touchdown machine. Let me just read you some of his stats. Don Hudson, as a wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, he played 116 games. He scored 99 touchdowns by way of receptions, and he scored two rushing touchdowns. Not only that, he had a pick six and 30 total interceptions playing as a defenseman as probably a safety or a cornerback. And he also threw a touchdown. Not only all of his touchdowns, he scored, he made seven field goals and kicked 94% on 183 extra points. This guy scored so many touchdowns in so many different ways that when I was looking through his stats on on pro football reference or whatever it's called 
he had two touchdowns in there that I couldn't even find out how he scored them. It just said two touchdowns on top of all of these. So, I mean, this guy was ridiculous. 99 receiving touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. So 11, 101 touchdowns from the line of scrimmage. A passing touchdown, a pick six, two touchdowns that, frankly, I just have no clue. Were they return touchdowns? I, I don't even know. And he kicked 94% on his 183 extra points. I mean, I imagine these were touchdowns that he had just scored. So he he was the master of the seven-point play. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, this is a guy that, I mean, if, if we had someone like that in this day and age, he would be the GOAT. I mean, he would be... I mean, think about the wide receivers we've got in the league today. Antonio Brown was, you know, from probably 2010 to 2020, the guy. We had Calvin Johnson. Now we have Devontae Adams. And we've got DeAndre Hopkins. And 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 just, I mean, imagine these guys were, were kicking their own extra points. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously it was a different time back 70-something years ago, but it just... Very cool, and I mean, this guy, was this guy a household name? I don't even know, but I imagine if you were a pro NFL football fan back then, I don't know if it was called NFL, AFL, whatever, but I mean, this guy must have been like the Randy Moss or the Jerry Rice. I mean, 99 touchdowns in 116 games, that's almost a touchdown a game in like 10 seasons. Wow. Okay. Um, on the topic of numbers that the Packers have retired, uh, I'll just mention, obviously, my favorite football player of all time, Brett Favre. Got to throw him in there if we're talking Green Bay Packers. Bart Starr. Um, inevitably, Aaron Rodgers will be a retired number, number 12 for the Packers. There's no two ways about it. And number 92, Reggie White, 198 career sacks. Um, I think in one of our recent episodes, we talked about Joey Porter, and he had 98 sacks. This is 100 more than him. Reggie White, Hall of Famer, all-time great, rest in peace. He was, uh, I mean, he just got to the quarterback every single play. Um, but that's, this brings us back to Aaron Rodgers. He sat for Brett Favre for three years. And, you know, I'm not sure he necessarily loved that. I'm sure he wanted to be the guy right out the gate. But when you're sitting behind a legend like Brett Favre, what can you really do? I don't think they necessarily loved each other because, you know, I'm sure that's a very rough dynamic. But, but yeah, as soon as he took over, I mean, he shortly after led the Packers to a Super Bowl over my boys, the Steelers. I think that was Super Bowl 45. Um, and he has now won four league MVPs, including the two most recent seasons. And and when you think of Aaron Rodgers, you think of precision, you think of the rollout and the Hail Marys, you think of the discount double check. But, I mean, almost regrettably, the past two years, or really the past year and a half, the, the press around Aaron Rodgers has been horrible. I mean, the bad blood between him and McCarthy, and McCarthy left, and just the bad bu- blood continued between him and the team, and he's 
he doesn't like it there, and he wants out, and then he went back, and now he wants out again. And in the meantime, he's winning MVPs and, and slaying the league in the regular season. Um, obviously, he had a couple playoff playmouts. Um, and then the whole the vaccine and anti-vax crap. Like, this guy is definitely one of the most spoken about football players in, in, you know, in my sports fandom, you know, he's right up there with as, as, as much talk about LeBron James, as, as much non-sports talk that there could be about a, an MVP and elite player. Like Tom Brady, everything we talk about Tom Brady is, is football. Everything we talk about Sidney Crosby is hockey. Everything we talk about Mike Trout is baseball. But Aaron Rodgers and LeBron James, I mean, you could talk about them all day and night and not even talk about sports. Just LeBron with his activism and this and that. And I love LeBron. Um, but there's a lot of non-sports media that 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 there is to talk about him and, and what he talks about and stands up for and represents. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, not necessarily in, an, in, a, in a way of activism, is more of just kind of not caring what anyone thinks about him and just running his mouth. And and you can't really say much when he's simultaneously winning MVPs. So it's it's been a very weird dynamic about Aaron Rodgers. Um, but anyways, 1983, December 2nd, A-Rod did enter the world. And here we are 38 and a half years later, and he's still... Winning MVPs, right and left. Okay, keeping it with the football talk, 1984. I guess one year after Rodgers was born. Dan Marino breaks the NFL single-season touchdown passing record when he threw his 37th touchdown against uh, the Los Angeles Raiders, I think they were at the time. Maybe they were already in Oakland again. Uh, were they Los Angeles back then? I don't remember. They, they're the Vegas Raiders now. Uh, I think they were lost. Angeles back then, but it could have been Oakland already. Um, but anyway, the Dolphins knocked out the Raiders. Marino broke the record. He went on to pass for 48 touchdowns, a record which stood until, I believe, 2005 when Peyton Manning threw 49. And, or, yeah, 49. Later to be broken by Tom Brady with 50, later to be rebroken by Manning with 54. And I think that record still stands. Mahomes did have a 50 a couple years ago, but I believe Peyton still has the record. 1985, same day, one year later, NFL quarterback legends Dan Marino and John Elway face each other for the first time. 30-26 to 26 victory for Marino. Marino would throw 390 yards with three touchdowns and beat John Elway in the first ever meeting. Okay, let's talk some hockey talk. 1969. Two years after the NHL added six more teams, they added, they went from six to 12 teams. The NHL announces on this day that there would be two new teams joining the league, the 13th and 14th teams, Sabres and the Canucks. And yes, 1969, we find ourselves now in 2022, so that is 53 years. So if you add those two teams' amount of seasons together, they've played over 100 seasons. And 
you know where I'm going with this one. Zero cups. Now, I believe Vancouver has been to the cup three times, Buffalo once. So it's a collective 0-4. They average going to the cup once every 25 years. Not too hot. Not too hot. Um, I'm surprised given the talents that, you know, I could think of great players that have played on both teams. Um, it's surprising to see that they're both cupless and I guess got kind of close, but they've never really, um, they've never done it. And there were a couple other teams that entered the league shortly after them. Um, the next year, I believe St. Louis Blues and the year after Two years later, the Washington Capitals, they both got the monkey off their back in the past three seasons, the past four seasons, let me say. Um, Buffalo and Vancouver, still still coupless, still waiting to uh, finally lift that cup, redeem the city. And honestly, I feel like Buffalo is much farther from even being close but at the same time vancouver just the way that they have been running their team now ever since their 2011 appearance in the cup when they lost to boston in seven games tim thomas i'm talking about you um <clears throat> i don't think they've made the playoffs more than like three times in the last 11 years so they they haven't been able to sustain even a medium level of success because there's 32 teams in the league, um, 16, 50% of the teams make the playoffs. So they haven't even been able to crack a top 50% of the league more than three times in the last 11 years. I think Buffalo has not even made the playoffs in that stretch. Um, I'm not sure what it is about these teams that they can't, you know, even take a three, four year slot do the necessary work and build at least a top 12 team in the league for even one or two years in a row. But they struggle. They struggle mightily. It's been their history. <clears throat> and I do feel a connection to the Canucks. I have some very near and dear friends that live out there, and, and I cheer for them. I root for them. I hope. I wish them the best. And... And I take it for granted, you know, my team, the Penguins, they haven't even missed the playoffs since 2006. Or two, yeah, 2006. So, like, I really take it for granted, you know, that come come April 30th or whatever, the whenever the playoff starts, every single year, Penguins are there. They've got a legit 1-16 in 16 shot. And not every team even sees that. Every, you know, they could go years without even seeing one appearance so it reminds me to be grateful for what i've got um like we talked about to start off the episode <clears throat> 1995 patrick waugh gets left in for an 11 to 1 loss with canadians demands a trade and immediately goes and wins the cup with the avalanche i guess yeah i guess they were colorado already not not the Northeast. um a little bit about patrick waugh obviously one of the Arguably one of the top two goaltenders in history, him and Martin Brodeur. Patrick in there, but that's not the point. Um, Patrick Waugh. Um, also notably, he won a Jack Adams Coach of the Year with the Colorado Avalanche back in 2013, almost 10 years ago. So it's been a while. He, he gave it a shot 
they didn't get far in the playoffs. He didn't do well in the regular season, I think, a couple more years, and then he was out. Um, but Patrick Waugh, obviously, as a goaltender, he was a two-time champion with Montreal before he had requested the trade. Then he went on to become a two-time champion with the Avalanche. Of those four cups, he was three times the playoff MVP as the Consumite recipient. Um, along with those num along with those awards, he also won the Rookie of the Year, the Calder, and the three-time Vezina, the best goalie. And yeah, can't really have much better of a career than Patrick Waugh did in goal and in the NHL. Um, to round out the hockey talk. Um, on December 2nd, 2014, one of the greatest Montreal Canadiens in history, Jean Beliveau, passes away. Um, not only did he have a very successful career with the Canadiens as a player, winning many, many cups and having an amazingly productive career, he went on to work for the Canadiens. In the uh, as I don't remember his exactly position, what his position was. I did read an autobiography about him, which was very entertaining. I believe he was the president of hockey operations for Montreal for several years after his hockey days as a player were over. And and I mean he was the I mean even even more so than Mario Lemieux being synonymous with the Penguins, Jean Beliveau is the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, on that day, eight years ago, he passed away. Rest in peace, John. Okay, let's talk a little bit of baseball. So in 2014, on that same day, a little bit random, but this is a notable fun fact of the day, um, umpire Dale Scott is featured in a magazine with his life, with his longtime life partner, a male, um, he openly acknowledges his, his homosexuality, that he's gay. And in 2014, while we were still making a lot of progress with, um, you know, worldwide acceptance of, of people that are other than straight, um, uh, overwhelmingly, from what I read online, overwhelmingly he had a positive reaction from baseball circles and he was able to come out and and showed his true self and he was um you know he was celebrated for that and good on him good on the mlb and and yeah um super random but also 1992 on this day gary sanchez was born so there's that and then in 1991 on this day, one year before Gary Sanchez came into the world, um, the New York Mets signed Bobby Bonilla, formerly with the Pirates, to, at the time, the highest paid contract in team sports history. Five years, $29 million. Now, you could laugh at those numbers, but 30 years ago, a lot of money. Players were still not necessarily making the big bucks. But, I mean, think about a five-year, $29 million deal in baseball these days. That's like a relief pitcher you've never heard of and never will hear of. So Bobby Bonilla breaks the current record at the time, becomes the highest-paid 
player in MLB and team sports history. Okay. NBA. And I think we have a couple points on this day in regard to basketball. And with that, we will finish off the episode. In 1973, Capitol Center, which is U.S. Air Arena, opens in Landover, Maryland. And the Washington Bullets would beat the Seattle Supersonics in the opening game there, 98-96. to This arena would stand for 39, uh, 29 years and was demolished in 2002. Now, on this very same day, in 1997, the MCI Center opens in Washington, D.C. Wizards were would play Seattle in that game, and the Wizards won 95-78. to <clears throat> The reason that I talked about Dale Scott earlier in the episode was, ironically, in 1978, twins Jason and Jaron Collins are born. Jason Collins was the first basketball player to come openly out as gay. So not only on this day did we have the birthday of Jason Collins, the first out basketball player, but in 2014, umpire Dale Scott would come out of the closet. And I think that um, December 2nd, to me, on, on the calendar is now officially sports coming out day so if anyone out there is a sports player who's got a secret that they feel they can't share with the world um maybe december 2nd is a day where you can think to yourself wow jason collins came out and he was a professional national basketball association player and definitely not easy you know sports in general it's a very very rough environment to to be different because it's very macho and it's very you know we're men and this and that and we're into the hot chicks and this and 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 to come out as gay i mean just i know in 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 regular life for a regular person it's it's very hard you you deal with the judgment from your family and friends but to be on in the national spotlight with all these professional sports players i can't imagine how hard it must be so in my mind, and in the podcast's calendar, December 2nd goes down as the National Sports Coming Out Day. 12-2 on the calendar. 1993, the Houston Rockets tie the NBA record for the best start to a season. They went 15-0. and On that day, they beat the Knicks to start the season 15-0. 2009, on the flip side, the New Jersey Nets still have not been of the Brooklyn, uh, of Brooklyn. They're still in New Jersey. They are pounded into NBA infamy. They went on an 18-game losing streak to start the season. They lost to Dallas 117-101 on this day, um, passing the 88-89 Heat and the, and the 99 Clippers for the worst starts to the season they had lost 17 straight. The Nets on that day lost their 18th straight. 2015, Steph Curry scores 40 points in three quarters, and the Golden State Warriors defeat the Hornets 116-99 to extend, again, the best start in NBA history, 20-0. So in 93, the Rockets were 15-0. 2015, 20-0, Golden State. 
Not only that, on that night, the Hornets were honoring Steph Curry's dad, Dell, the franchise career scoring leader, which I did not know until I learned this just now. Um, but yeah, Dell's Dell and Steph, and there's also Seth, the brother of Steph, but a great basketball family. But on that day, Seth, Steph Curry went off. Golden State won their 20th straight game to start the year. And in classic Steph Curry fashion, he went 8 for 11 from the three-point range. And he scored his team's last 24 points. Um, <clears throat> last but not least, today in sports history, December 2nd, Bron James returns to Cleveland after moving to Miami. He returns back to Cleveland for his first game as a member of the Miami Heat. And they trounced them. He put up 38 points. They beat the Cleveland Cavs, which it was not a surprise. But it was, it was, you know, it was a big moment in basketball history. And, you know, I wonder what his legacy would have been, you know, to Cleveland if he had never left. Um, you know, he came back, won a championship with them, and that kind of changed the whole narrative. But, I mean, my biggest takeaway from the whole LeBron leaving and coming back, or just leaving at all, was, you know, sports players have an agenda and they have a journey and they have a life. And, and us fans, you know, we think we have a say in the matter or or that we are more important than them or, you know, these guys, this is their life. And if they want to go play somewhere else, you know, it sucks for us because we've grown to love them and root for them. And, 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 you know, our dollars paying for tickets and jerseys is what enables these guys to become hundred millionaires. But at the same time, like this is this guy's life. He made a decision and it's up to you. Wish him well. Or curse him out. And on that night, when he left, and he came back and got booed all night by the Cleveland Cavaliers fans, they were a bunch of losers. And, you know, he came back, and I'm sure they welcomed him with open arms, and they cheered and cried when he won them a championship. So I guess what I mean to say is Cavaliers fans in the city of Cleveland are a bunch of sad sack losers who don't know what you have when you have it. And frankly, they haven't had much of of anything, so I don't blame them. But anyways, that is the long-awaited return of the podcast. It's been a while, and I apologize for that, and I appreciate anyone who goes on to listen to this. It's been probably more than six months of a break since I last put out episodes, I hope, but I do not promise, to um, <clears throat> to continue to put out stuff. I'm uh, putting a hold on the social media aspect of the uh, of the podcast for now. It's just going to be a click and upload, publish the episode, and whoever can find it be my guest. Um, and when I get to a place in my life where I feel I have the time, money, and brain capacity to continue to, let's say, advertise it or or put it out there, you'll see it. You'll hear about it, and I'll let you know how to find it. So for now, um, if you're on Spotify and you come across or you're already a subscriber, thank you. Appreciate it. Enjoy, and look forward to hopefully producing at a little bit quicker of a rate. Thanks for listening to the show, and I'll see you next time.